I'm Josh Gordon. And I'm Leslie Gordon. We're brother and sister, but more importantly, we're unpopular people. Yeah, we've got like five friends. So what do we do as unpopular people? We sit around all day and absorb popular culture. And we started a podcast to talk about it. This is Pop Culture with Unpopular People. All right, we're back. Back from our hiatus. Yes, except for the fact that people aren't really going to think it's a hiatus because we actually have an episode recorded already that's going to go out that ends our hiatus, but... Yeah, we haven't recorded that in like two weeks. Right, exactly. And we have been causing a... Some a riff with our listeners, though. We have because of our hiatus. We have. Yes, a listener has reached out to me. Oh boy. And has said, "Well, I said, oh, we're working on releasing our Coldplay episode, and we'll be out soon." Uh huh. He said, "Yeah, it's been a while. I wasn't going to say anything because I didn't want to be rude, but it's been a while. So we do have." At least one loyal listener that does anticipate an episode every week. And that's dad? No, that's Colin. Oh, really? <laughs> Colin, I love. Sorry to disappoint Colin. Yes. Do you want me to do our update on how many listeners we currently have? Have we gained any listeners for, while on hiatus? I don't know because... Um, you haven't looked. So far we have... 23 listeners. I'm not sure how that compares to last time. I thought it was like 19 last time. No, that was two times ago. Okay. Well, it's been so long, and this hiatus was not planned by both of us. Let's just put it that way. I've been busy at work, okay? Oh, adjusting to a full-time job. You know what? I've had a full-time job this entire time, and I've still made time for this. I've had a full-time job this entire time, too. Mm, your definition and my definition of full-time are very different. Yeah, well, I work a more strenuous job. Sh- oh, do you now? <laughs> yes, I do. It's more physically demanding. Oh, mm-hmm. that's some, not mentally demanding, though. Anyone can do it, is what you're saying. Well, as long as they're fit. Yes, sure. <laughs> Let's go with that. Hey, have you watched the Demi Lovato? I'm watched probably about the first 15 minutes or so of episode number one okay so almost the whole episode (laughs) almost the whole episode yeah i was watching it today on my lunch break Uh, yeah i just watched one and two today that's not surprising just before we started uh, recording and what are your impressions on it so far it's very sad Yes. Well, like I, the second episode goes into more detail of the night she did overdose. Right. Which is pretty sad. Mm-hmm. And it goes, it talks about how when she, I see, I don't want to spoil it for you, but I guess, but so when she wakes up the first time in the hospital, she's legally blind. She can't see anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, so even now, she still has blind spots in her vision and she's not able to drive anymore. That's sad. Yes. We're big Demi Lovato fans. Yeah, it's unfortunate what she's been through, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. That brings me to the time when you 
said to me, Josh, I'm not going to go see Demi Lovato in concert. So you just said we're big Demi Lovato fans. We're. No, I think we're going to put an asterisk on that one and say I am a big Demi Lovato fan. And you are just like, hmm, a casual fan. A casual fan. I still like her music, but I I think I listen and know more of her music than you do. Oh, yeah? I have all of Demi Lovato's albums on my phone. Everyone has Spotify. No, this is <laughs> this is before Spotify. This is pre-Spotify. You even have her first album. I sure. Exactly. You don't even know what the first album is. No, because it's like the Disney Channel crap. But like, there were some really good songs on that one. No, I like. I like. How do I say this politely? Post Disney. PG thirteen. Oh, PG thirteen. Oh, Demi. Like, oh. Oh, okay, so like when she becomes more of a a woman. Yeah, when her songs <laughs> when a so- when our songs have like a little more substance to them. Oh, we're talking about her song substance, not her looks. Wow. That's so rude, Leslie. You can't not, say that. I thought that's what you were talking about. Definitely not. I was okay. talking about her I was talking about her, her songs. Do you think so little of me? <laughs> well, you once wanted to get a t-shirt of Selena Gomez's song that says, when you're ready, come and get it. I don't remember that. You told me that, that with that song, you said, I want a t-shirt that says, when you're ready, come and get it. I don't remember this at all. But that's totally something that you would say. Time to move on <laughs> to another topic. And I think it's time we talk about this week's topic, Leslie. What is this week's topic? Murder, murder, murder. Murder shows. True crime. Yes. We're going to end up, and I was, oh, when I was doing my research for this, I was like, this is a podcast that's going to put us on a no-fly list. Oh, really? <laughs> What do you get? What do you got to say? No, I don't have anything. It was the stuff I'm googling. <laughs> I'm like, uh oh. People are going to be like, wow, they're so fa- fascinated with murder and crime. I don't think that's unusual. That's not. There actually is a lot of podcasts that actually do are solely based off true crime and not just one episode. Have you ever listened to Serial before? Uh, I have not. Well, Serial is a a true crime podcast, and we had to listen to it when I was in J school, and it was pretty good. J school? Yeah. And it it was pretty good, but I never really finished it. I couldn't really tell you what it was about, but shout out to Serial. I know that it's really, really popular now, and I don't think it was had the the, the, amazing cult following that it has now back when I was in school but it's it was still quite popular yeah it's definitely it's definitely grown throughout the years and more specifically with women did you know that that's just, actually just true crime in general true crime in general women are more likely to watch and con- consume true crime documentaries than men are because women are tend 
technically more fascinated with it than men are. Is that, is that because they're more likely to be involved in these crimes? That's part the, of it, the, yes. The, the victims, I mean? Yeah. Yes. So that that's one of the reasons is that you kind of learn, you know, survival techniques of, you know, what to avoid and certain uh, men and men in personalities. But one of the other reasons is from a psychological perspective, women more so than men try to understand the reasoning behind certain actions you know, overthink and try to dive deep. So these true crime documentaries, uh, women try to learn the psychology and try to understand why criminals do what they do. Or as opposed to men, it's not as important. I would probably definitely agree with that. Probably definitely agree with that. That's (laughs) kind of an interesting phrasing there. It is interesting for sure because... You're you're definitely right. I I think that some people tend to get a little bit more caught up in it than other people. But I I don't know. See, I had it written down here as a question that I should ask you. Is that do people get caught up in it now because of binging and because of you know the streaming qualities of these TV shows that you can watch them all at once, you can learn all the facts and it's kind of like an information overload. Oh, probably, because all of these documentaries that I have on like my list are all Netflix or miniseries, something that you can watch really, really quickly, and it's accessible to you, and you can watch it anytime. It's not like one of those like shows, oh, and tonight on CNN, we have a, or tonight on Dateline. Right, exactly. <laughs> but like Dateline was very popular in the, yeah. in the States, of course. Um, but before we get too far into our discussion of true crime shows, Leslie. I think we should do our top five list. Of the week. And Woo. what's our, we're doing something a little bit different this week, Leslie. <laughs> what are we doing in terms of our top five list? Top five murder weapons in Clue. <laughs> yes, the board game Clue. What are our top five murder weapons so First of all, before we get into that did you know that in the new version of clue that they released mrs white is not a thing anymore because it was racist i don't get how it was racist it was just some lady i think it was sexist because it was a maid oh okay but now it's it's dr orchid you know a female with education oh good for her mm-hmm that is an interesting fact, Leslie. That is, yes. I, I remember playing a couple months ago with some friends, and I was like, what is Dr. Orchid? Well, the reason why I actually suggested this as the top five list is because I played it on Saturday, I believe. Oh, at Games Night? Uh, yes, the, the the Big Bang Theory clue. Oh, the Games I, Night you go to instead of editing. That's right. <laughs> I, I, I played it with with uh, some some of my loyal friends and some of the loyal listeners of this podcast. And people that are in your bubble. Oh, yes, of course. That's <laughs> probably something that we should say. Just even, even though technically I'm in a green zone right now and you are not. It's not my fault. I, I didn't go to any big, massive party. Congratulations. I, I stay at home and do nothing. 
Congratulations. That's, mm -hmm. uh, that's very, 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 very interesting. What is that supposed to mean? Nothing. I'm just saying that there's lots of people out there that go from party to party to party. And that I'm not one of them. We're unpopular people, Leslie. We are, yes. I am like in bed. Lately, I've been in bed by nine and just reading. So this episode taping may extend past my bedtime. Uh-oh. That's uh -oh. bad news, Bears. <laughs> I'm being social. I have Ooh. a life. Woohoo! Okay, talking to the camera over a video chat. Does that count as being social? Um... The bar is low, so yes. Okay, sure. <laughs> All right, last slide. There's only actually six murder weapons in Clue, traditionally. I'm very intrigued as to your list. Okay. So, this is hard for me. I don't know why. Because I started to think, is this like murder weapons we would use in real life? I or mean is this... I don't, I didn't want to go that far. But okay. Okay. Like, uh, Cause that's not really what I based my, well, I, I based mine on which ones would be most effective. Oh, I didn't do that. I thought what would be like, kind of like the most original and you would have fun with not like not murders. <laughs> okay. I just need to start with my list. Yes. This Number five, why, please. This is why I said we're going to be on a no fly list in no time. Right. Uh, and I just want to point out that you're the only one who, is, who has said something controversial so far. You will say something controversial before the end of this episode. I'll make sure, make sure that comes out. Okay. Number five is a knife. Is the knife. Okay. Is, is the knife. Number four is a wrench. Mm -hmm. Number three is the lead pipe. Mm -hmm. Two is rope. And number one is the candlestick. Whoa. Are we similar again? No, not at all. Oh my God. This is like the first week that we're completely not similar, but go ahead. Coming in at number five for me is the wrench. Oh, the wrench. Yep. yep. Number four is the candlestick. Mm. Number three is the rope. Mm -hmm. Number two is the knife. The knife. Yeah. And number one is the revolver. Why would you put the revolver at the top? That's so unoriginal. I said most effective. Most effective, sure. Oh, yeah, I guess if you, we, if you told me ahead of time that we were doing most effective, I for sure would put revolver. Actually, probably no, I, I just, I just said, I just said top five murder weapons and clue the board yes. game. And you and can take you it left, however you the left. way you, you wanted it. <laughs> so first of all, I think a knife would be more effective than a revolver because you could miss. Okay, now we're going into the effectiveness of murder weapons. Yes, because apparently that's what you did your list off of. That's right. So, whereas you shoot, and if you're not used to a gun, then you can get, like, the um, trajectory wrong. Whereas a knife, you have to, like, actually, like, put it into someone. <laughs> and you know for sure that you're going to hit what you kind of want to hit. I see. So, so my top five list is that's why I didn't put revolver on my list. Cause I was like, Oh, that's so boring. And that's why I put knife at the bottom. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's so boring too. Death by candlestick. That's a story. I'm if getting way so. too into this. Yes, you are. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if this has to go into the thing that you were talking about earlier and the male and the women 
divide? Well, I, I, I do love murder shows, true crime, love it. Uh, that's interesting because the first thing that I want to talk about, Leslie, actually isn't what you would call a quote unquote true, true crime show. True yeah, true crime show. But I will go so far as to say it ignited the genre. It whetted people's appetite. Are we talking about CSI? No, for true crime. And it eventually did spawn its own series. I'm talking. No. Oh, sorry. Would Would you just let me finish, please? I'm talking about OJ Simpson. You think OJ Simpson led the true crime genre? OJ Simpson had a historic chase. Oh, the Bronco. Yes, everyone knows the Bronco. Down the highway. Down the highway. In his 1993 Ford Bronco SUV. Everybody knows where they were when that happened. And eventually it did become its own TV show, American Crime Story. But it was something that captivated audiences. And... It was in 1994 when that Bronco chase happened. And I don't know if you know this, Leslie, but they were actually broadcasting the NBA finals at the time. And mm-hmm. they cut away from the NBA finals to show OJ Simpson driving down the highway in his Ford Bronco. Mm-hmm. And everybody got so wrapped up in that. It was one of the big whodunits. Mm-hmm. Did he do it? Did he not do it? And of course, it eventually formed American Crime Story, which is how I'm tying it into this podcast about about true crime shows. It's interesting you bring up OJ, because I would even argue you can go back further. Okay. I'd argue the JFK shooting. I mean, I, that, I, it's, it's, a, it's another one of those moments where, it, it, again, it was a whodunit. It was, and it was like one of the biggest... It this was, was when it like, was broadca- break, breaking news yeah, became a thing. Was, you're right. It was broadcast on TV. Absolutely. And then it became a big thing about with Lee Harvey Oswald and then uh, how he was killed shortly thereafter. You're right. It was, it, it's one of those things that was, that was broadcast around the world. Mm-hmm. But like specifically with OJ Simpson, there was the big trial. It's characterized as the trial of the century. If the glove doesn't fit, the jury must acquit. That's right. Also, I have theories about that. First of all, who puts a glove on top of a glove? That glove is obviously not going to fit. You know what I'm talking about? I understand what you're talking about. (laughs) So according to a 2016 poll, Leslie, 83% of white Americans said that O.J. Simpson committed the murder. And 57% of Black Americans believe that O.J. Simpson committed the murders. Are you going to ask me for my opinion on the O.J. Simpson murders? Well, O.J. Simpson is still very much in the news. I don't know if you saw the other day he posted a picture on Twitter. The other day? Oh, no. What did he... He's still going? Yeah, he posted a picture of himself on Twitter getting the COVID-19 vaccination. Oh, that must have made a lot of people upset. Of course it made a lot of people upset. 
Yeah, well, people in um, every, so in, every now and again, he just tends to pop back up. <laughs> got the vaccine. So, Wesley, I think we have to we have to make a statement here. I have to make a statement. Yeah, did O.J. Simpson do it? Probably. I think that's probably a fair assumption. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. Probably. Now, yeah. I, I unlike you, I didn't actually. I haven't watched the American Crime story. O.J. Simpson. Yeah. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. With uh, David Schwimmer as Robert Kardashian. Is that's it right. Yeah. It's yes. It's Robert Kardashian. Yep. Mm-hmm. Kim Kim K's dad. No, no. Oh, Kim K's dad. I thought you were going to talk about Chloe. <laughs> Yes, in that, that conspiracy theory, we don't know. We don't know that OJ Simpson is your dad. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We know after making these comments, though, that the Kardashians will never be coming on our podcast. They're probably very upset with us. Oh now. darn! <laughs> oh darn! We'll get Kanye to come. Yes. So uh, <laughs> I think that's a that's probably a, a a good place to start. It's the OJ Simpson and. Uh, now let's uh, move on to what what something that you want to talk about, Leslie. Oh my gosh, I made a list. I'm sure you did. All of my favorite documentaries. We should just start with the obvious one, the one what? that the one that we really fell into a deep pit of. Right. That was a bit too much. Making a murderer. Making a murderer. The case of. Stephen Avery and Brendan Dassey. Mm-hmm. The murder of Teresa Hallback. That's right. I, this is almost shameful just to talk about at this point. This was definitely the first time that I ever got caught up in a, a true crime story. And mm-hmm. I will tell you that I was working at a restaurant at the time and everybody was talking about it. Oh, everybody. Like so many, every everyone that you knew was basically talking about it. It was huge at the time. Did he do it? Did he not do it? And it was like all over social media and people were putting like, um, sending messages to the white house saying, Oh, you've got a part in this guy. And I think Obama was still the president at the, at the time. That's right. So, and they never happened. No, because the white house said that you can't pardon somebody for a state offense. Yes. Anyways. We got way too invested at the to the point where <laughs> probably the peak of it all, definitely the peak of it all. The two lawyers, Dean and Jerry, mm-hmm. <laughs> were going on a speaking engagement tour, and we were like, "Oh my god, we have to go!" We're this so gonna, in. This is ha- this is going to be huge, right? We're, we're going to find details about, you know additional uh, stuff that wasn't in the documentary we're gonna learn like how Stephen Avery's doing how Brady Dassey's doing all of their all of their behind the scenes opinions by the right. time the show actually comes out this was probably what five months later roughly at least oh this fad was way done and over with to the point where we were like mm, do we really have to go to this and when we went it was at was then the Sony Center in uh, Toronto. Is it not the Sony Center anymore? They renamed it. Oh, really? Maybe a quarter full right. of people. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not a sold out performance. Right. 
and it was more so a, a lesson on law as opposed to learning more about the case that we right. were so invested in. Right. Which, you know, I've always liked learning about the legal system, especially the differences between the Canadian and the US legal system. I've always, I always liked that, especially in like high school. But man, <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't have gone to this. We no. shouldn't have, who was it? Whether it was our money or dad's money, we shouldn't have done it. <laughs> no, I completely agree. I completely agree. <laughs> they seem like very nice people. And, you know, I always remember, I don't know which one, I think it was Dean, no, Jerry, that always said the date says on January 2. That's right. That's right. On January 2nd. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That, that just sticks with me. So yeah, we we really definitely got a little too far onto that track of Dean and Jerry and whether or not Stephen Avery done it. I think the reason that we went is because we wanted new information. Because at the time when, when we went, there was only that one season mm-hmm. and we didn't really know what had happened since the documentary and what happened to Stephen Avery. And it just turned out that they were lawyers and they weren't even representing them anymore. And they had no facts at all as to what was going on anymore. And it was such a letdown. And they said, we can't talk about details of the case. I'm like, why didn't you advertise that? False advertising. Right. We fell for it hard. Yeah. It was uh, quite disappointing. The one thing about the documentary that bothers me in, it, it bothered Dean and Jerry a lot was... The Brendan Dassey. Definitely. It's so sad to watch. Like, clearly, there's this kid that has, you know, mentally delayed being interrogated by police, using, and they're using, you know, hardcore and interrogation tactics. And he doesn't have a lawyer, doesn't have a parent. And you, it's just so sad. Especially, he's he's written letters to lawyers that have gone public recently. And one of them were just like, Oh, like I'm innocent. I, I just want to like go home and, you know, I want to have a job and video games. And it's, it's, it's like someone, you know? Yeah. The whole thing, the whole situation surrounding him was, was really sad. And, you know, it was, it was definitely a bit of intimidation. I shouldn't even say a bit of, it definitely was police intimidation to try and get a force a confession out of him. Mm-hmm. And there were so many times when he said, no, I wasn't involved. No, I wasn't involved, blah, 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 blah. And then eventually he thought that if he just said yes, he'd be able to go home and then there'd be no problems. And he yeah. said, he said, yes, he was part of it. And <sighs> the rest is history, really. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. At one point, it did look like he was about to be released or something was going to happen. There's been a lot of times over the course of the last several years where it's like, hmm, are they actually finally going to get out? Because I believe not too long ago, somebody actually did confess to the the murder of Teresa Halbeck. Yeah, that was a letter that came out from another inmate in prison. And they haven't been able to really kind of validate it. His story was that he was driving and he hit her with his car and that he got freaked out. That's his story, but 
it, it's, it, not, it, it's kind of weak. <laughs> it's it's really interesting. That's for sure. It, yeah, I don't I don't foresee anything happening. I really don't. No. I think it's just. Are you going to watch season three? Is there a season three coming? Uh, I don't think so. But if there was, would you watch it? I would 100% definitely watch it season three. Did you watch all of season two? Because I, I remember did. you said you struggled with it. I did watch all of season two. I believe season three. I'm just Googling it now. Apparently. I mean, I, do, I I believe it'll happen, but oh, whether yeah. whether or not anything actually happens from it is uh is another question. Yeah, because even the second season wasn't nearly as popular as the first one. Yes, exactly. I think another another one that we for sure both watched was Evil Genius. Yes, that's the that's the other one that I have written down. That one was crazy. Just the amount of thought that went into it, the planning, the planning, the bomb vest, uh, and it was all for money. And it was yep. all this one lady. Forget her name. Uh, she wanted more money. And Marjorie. Marjorie, yeah, uh, Marjorie. Uh, wanted more money and she thought that if one of her, her father died she'd get an inheritance right and so she asked one of her friends could you murder my father so that i can get his money and i'll share it with you and he said well for two hundred thousand dollars i'll do it and then they got this other guy to rob rob a bank have this bank high so that they could get the money to pay the guy that was going to kill the dad yeah it's just it's all so over many so many layers yeah <laughs> the bomb vest the apparent now i don't know if you the bomb vest the guy that was wearing it said he thought it was fake even if I thought a bomb vest was fake, there's no way I'm putting that thing on. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. <laughs> Why would you do that? Right. I didn't realize she had, she's she's has since died. Uh, haven't they all died? Most of them, yeah. Yeah, but again, it was another it was another Netflix show. It was described as the perfect binge watching series. And wasn't it the most diabolical bank heist? For a weekend, yeah. It, it's it's quite crazy. It is, because you think it's not just murder. <laughs> like, it's not just like this, you know, serial murder. It's like this complex, layered plan that just goes crazy. With totally multiple, wrong. Multiple people involved, multiple, like, personalities. and Yeah, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And one of the crazy things about it is that it happened in Erie, Pennsylvania. And I don't think you've ever been to Erie, Leslie, but I've been to Erie so many times. And I actually have, I, I had no idea about it. And then I saw this documentary. I'm like, holy crap, I've been there so many times. I've, I've drove through, I drove past that gas station. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's one of those things where if you've been to a certain place, it kind of hits home a little bit more. Mm. 
right? Yes. Now, I guess way to jump off that hitting home. Did you ever watch the documentary of Don't Fuck With Cats? I did not. Oh my gosh. Now this one's insane. So hitting close to home, this one is actually about a uh, murder in Canada. Oh, interesting. The people that are in this are American and they say Etobicoke as Etobicoke. <laughs> to be fair, Etobicoke is, is hard to say. It is, yes. And if you if you read it on paper, then yeah, Etobicoke would probably look like it's close. Anyway, so Luca Magnata, you'll probably remember him from, remember the whole scandal of body parts being delivered to like the conservative party? Yes, absolutely. That was him. Okay, gotcha. So basically this documentary starts off with Luca Magnata doing messed up things with cats. Right. Putting them in vacuum sealed bags, turning the vacuum on, feeding the little kittens to snakes. It's really disturbing. And I, I had to close my eyes a couple of times during the earlier parts. And then, but he was posting these videos online and these gr- this group of people found these videos and said, hey, like this guy's insanely dangerous. He's going to end up killing someone. Right. So anyways, they try and track this guy down like where is he from so they were able to track down the location of him based off of one of his videos that had vac the certain type of vacuum that he used they were able to find out where that vacuum was still located where it was made and in one of his pictures they were able to see a, a gas station a petro canada and they were able to locate roughly where he was and they were warning police saying, this guy's dangerous. He's going to kill someone to the point where he did actually, you know, meet up with someone, kill him, and then start sending body parts. It's so crazy. It's it's insane. And it's, and it's actually you, he thought he was playing a role in a movie. He thought he was in the movie Basic Instinct. And he th- was playing the role of the the main character played by Sharon Stone in that movie. Anyways, so when the cops get on to him, he fled the country. And he was in Paris when he got right. caught. Right. And he got caught in Paris uh while googling himself. Wow. At an at an internet cafe. He was that narcissistic. He was looking at himself on Interpol. Wow. That's something. Yes, you. This is that's one I highly recommend. Yeah, and I'm I'm just looking at it now. It of course it's a Netflix documentary. Yeah. Uh, only three episodes, and it was named uh, one of the top five most watched documentaries on Netflix. Yes, it's so, very good. I'm actually surprised. I've actually never heard of it. What? Yeah. Oh, it's so crazy. You wouldn't think. That from the title of it, you wouldn't think it's a like a serial killer. Right. Let alone in Canada. Yes. <laughs> Let alone the person that was sending body parts to one of the pl- main political parties in Canada. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Highly recommend. Did you also watch, did you watch The Staircase? No. 
Okay, the staircase. (laughs) I'm looking at your face right now and you're kind of cringing. It's just reading about this stuff is disturbing sometimes. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm like, let me tell you more. (laughs) Right, exactly. Continue, please. Okay, the staircase is a really weird one where this guy basically says that he finds his wife at the bottom of the staircase and then there's so much blood everywhere and basically people are like this blood doesn't match up with a fall down the stairs right okay i think i've heard about this before yeah so they go into it and basically whether or not he killed his wife or not right and then there's this weird theory about this one and it's the I think it's called like the eagle or the falcon theory was that a bird flew in through the house through the windows and the talons of the bird cut her head causing her to fall and bleed out that's the strangest theory interesting <laughs> yes Huh. It, 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 that one was okay. It wasn't one of my favorites. Right. Um, I another sad one. One that was really a big one, especially in the the states, was American Murder: The Family Next Door. Did you watch that one? No. No. Okay. <laughs> well, let me enlighten you. Someone didn't do their research. Uh, <laughs> it's harder to research on things you've never heard of before. Okay. No, but this one is about Chris Watts. Do you know who the Chris Watts story is? No. Okay. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> this this podcast is just going to be me going on a tangent. <laughs> right. Pretty much. I knew that was going to happen, but holy crap. This one, this one's super sad. This one, so Chris, this one is about um, a family in the United States um, who the dad ends up killing his wife and his two daughters. Very sad. And that they, um, when the investigation started, he went on national TV saying, oh, like, I really hope they find my wife and children soon. Like, this is super sad. I just want them to come home. Anyway, so he ended up killing the wife burying her and that he hid the children's bodies um, in like these oil containers on a oil oil field that he worked on. Right. So again, another sad one. So I'm, th- this brings me to a question just to, just to jump in here and it's something <laughs> just, that I, just to be able to speak on this podcast. It's, it's something that I wrote down earlier And I would say that true crime shows have been considered what they call trash culture. And and trash culture means that they're often done in poor taste because they're insensitive to one party or another. Uh, Yeah. So would you say that publicizing or, you know, putting these products out for money for profit is a dis- is a disrespect to those those people's memories. Um, it's a tough one to answer. It, because- it is. There's there's one that stands out to me, which I think isn't. Um, I think I showed you this one, but I could be really wrong. 
and it's it's called Dear Zachary. Okay. <laughs> You're shaking your head already. This one it takes place in Canada as well. Right. Uh, you're you're doing the avoidance of the question though. No, let me go on about this. Okay. About whether it's disrespectful. Because this documentary originally started after the the victim's best friend started this documentary in order for his son to understand who his dad was as a person. The documentary, he was going on about like who his dad was, you know, what his upbringing was like, what he did in school, what he did his profession. And then it, it took a dark, dark turn when they find out that the father um, the victim was killed by the baby's the baby mama. And then this baby mama <laughs> fled to Canada. <laughs> You're already looking at me confused. F- fled to Canada. Long story short, she eventually kills murder suicide she kills herself and kills a baby right okay i I do remember this now okay so this started off as like and in good in good faith let's just put it that way on good terms like this was meant to be like a let's show this the kid who your dad was in a memory honor his memory then that one took a dark turn so I don't think that one was bad intentions or, you know what I mean? Right. So that, that sort of what I was kind of loop around answers your question. Right. So, but, so even if you take a look at, at a show, like making a murderer. It's very one-sided. That one's very one-sided. And it has a lot of, you know, controversy based off of it's really biased. Well, the, the Hallbach family is a group that doesn't appear at all in it, really, other than yeah. archival footage. They've been very much along the lines of just leave our family alone, let our, let our daughter rest in peace, basically. Yeah, and it's upsetting that they think they had closure when they didn't. Right, exactly. So stuff like that is, is really, really difficult. You have to walk a very... A, a very thin line and one way or the other i i really do see both both sides like i honestly could argue it like if i was a member of the hallbach family and making a murderer mm-hmm. i would be like okay yeah this is probably poor taste yeah right like, yes just just let me move on with my life because it's basically this is all of the documentary trying to defend someone right and not you don't really get the whole picture in that movie. It's all about what was the defense like? Let's villainize the other side. Right. And then I guess you could say the same thing with like OJ Simpson, like we talked earlier. It's like, how, how do you, how did the, the families of the, of those victims feel? Yeah. It's, it's, it's constantly brought up. Like, O.J. Simpson's like a constant recurring character that people play on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. 
right? That it's is true. It's just, it gets to a point where it's like, it's not really a joke anymore. It's not something that's entertaining anymore. Mm. Right? Yeah. And, and if the closer you are involved into that situation, makes it harder and harder and harder. It's, it, it's easy enough for us to sit back here and watch Netflix and watch 13 shows in uh, in a weekend and get caught up in something, right? But it's mm-hmm. it's definitely hard it, it, if, if you know the people or if you are involved in it somehow, God forbid. I agree. Now, Leslie, I want to talk to you about something along the same lines, but a little bit different. There's two domestic terrorism situations in the United States that I really want to talk about. And they've gotten a lot of play. Are we talking about 9-11? 9-11 is definitely a big one. So, and? Ni- and 9-11 has been profited on so many times. There was the Nick Cage movie. Mm-hmm. There was the documentary series. I think it was... I, I want to say it was HBO, but it might have been AMC. I don't really remember. But it, that was the Twin Towers That's mm-hmm. that went through the events leading up to 9-11 and the fighting between the FBI and the CIA and who had jurisdiction over it and blah, 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 and whether or not 9-11 could have been prevented. Do you consider those to be true crime? That, that for instance, to be a, a true crime story? a true crime narrative. It's very different from the documentaries that are very popular right now, but it is a true crime. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just true crime in the form of terrorism. Right. That does involve murder, but not true crime involving like a serial killer or some other drugs like there are series that do involve like drug distribution and stuff like that technically true crime but i think people are more fascinated with the true crime like murders or serial killers what was the other one you're going to talk about i was going to talk about the unabomber the unabomber i there is a new netflix documentary about the unabomber i have yet to watch it yeah, so the basically the Unabomber, that, that story is just, I can't even do it justice. It's just, he, he had a number of bombs, he killed three pe- people and injured 23. And basically, he was just, he's like this really, really smart guy. He was what they considered a prodigy in, in the field of mathematics, but he basically gave up his his life in mathematics because he wanted to live a more simple life. And he ended up sending bombs around the country through the mail. And basically, basically he had, he had this big manifesto Mm -hmm. and it was, it was published in the Washington post and the New York times. Mm -hmm. And basically that's how they got him is his brother identified the writing in in the newspaper and said, Hey, like, I think this is my brother. Just so you know, I'm pretty confident. This is my brother. This is the way that this is the way that my brother writes. Like, Mm -hmm. and like, I can't even imagine what that would have been like turning in your brother or a sibling. Like that's just crazy. 
but uh, yeah, so so that's that's another big one that that that's gonna come out. Uh, I don't know if it is out yet on Netflix, but uh, there there I I did see something. There's been bits the Unabomber. There's been bits and pieces of Unabomber stuff throughout the years. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think about the the bomber for the Atlanta Olympics. Oh, I I thought you were gonna mention the Boston Boston Marathon. The Boston Marathon bomber, absolutely. That I, that one had a movie. That's Patriots, right. Patriots Patriots Day the with Mark, Mark. The, the Mark Wahlberg movie. I totally yes. forgot about that. Yes, you're totally right. Yep. Yeah. So there uh, there is a documentary on Netflix, Unabomber in his own words. Is it? It's from 2018. Right. But something to watch. It's def. It's definitely something that is. That is, that's quite interesting. Do you got any other uh, ones that you want to tell me about there, Leslie? Um, this one's actually an HBO one. Okay, please do. A- HBO, two parts, uh, two part documentary. Um, it's called, I love you now die. <laughs> interesting. Yes. Yeah, so it's about uh, Michelle Carter, the teenage, teenage girl that convinced her boyfriend to commit suicide over text. Okay. So this is the one where it was, is she responsible for the murder? Right. Because he was, they go on, it was a very codependent relationship that they do have. And um, it goes on to say, like, he had, like, these ideas for a while before they started dating. But is she the one that kind of pushed him over the edge? Right, exactly. So that one was pretty interesting. It was a different take and not like a serial murder and it's a different form of murder <laughs> as I laugh <laughs> but right. yeah it no it was pretty interesting I did like that one that one's on HBO yeah killer inside inside the mind of Aaron Hernandez of course of course, of course. did you watch that one I have not but I, I know about Aaron Hernandez because heard, uh, yeah. because, because he was a part of the New England Patriots oops yeah, he he. Yeah, there's a lot that goes on there. Very very troubled guy, and he played with Tim Tebow too. Tim Tebow couldn't even send straight. They were teammates in college. There you go. <laughs> Fun fact. And the last ones that I really like are the the Ted Bundy ones. Right, there's, of course. There, there's <laughs> of course. Um, there's two of them. One is better than the other. So there was the first that came out was Confessions with a Killer, the Ted Bunny tapes. That kind of goes over more of the details of the actual crimes itself and the way, you know, he escaped the police and <laughs> jumped out of courthouse to actually literally escape the police. <laughs> and just all of that, his evolution. And then there was basically the reenactment that had Zac Efron as Ted Bundy and uh, extremely wicked and shockingly evil and vile. I I did prefer the actual documentary as opposed to the reenactment movie, but. Mm -hmm. Have have you ever watched NBC Dateline? No. So you've never seen like To Catch a Predator or anything like that? Nope. No. Nope. I, I for some reason I feel like that's something that you would that you would be interested in. Oh, probably. I think even before this true crime started, I 
what was obsessed with criminal minds right so i i think i was bound to kind of like this <laughs> these series i think that's yeah. totally fair C- criminal minds was on all the time in high school right <laughs> what i've recently discovered too on youtube is that there's like series of youtube channels like designed there all they do is is lure like child predators and stuff like that and then go out and catch them and then and then bring them to the cops and get arrested oh my gosh like it's crazy the stuff that people do that is crazy speaking of another true crime recently watched not murder related fraud related i did watch the college admission scandal documentary on netflix this weekend okay that one's insane. Well, yeah, anything that involves money. Yeah, is just... and it's like let's have our kids fake pose for sports. They'll they'll never play, and get them on a sports athletic scholarship. So stupid. Right. It it is it is crazy, the lengths that people go to. I used to say like, like I just want like to have like a bunch of, uh, of normal people around, right? In this world, like deal with normal people on a day-to-day basis. But then I realized that I'm the abnormal one for feeling normal because everyone else is just crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not crazy. You're crazy. Like in the customer service industry where I work, you get to deal with a ton of whack jobs. And I've been in this industry for my entire life. So like I got my first job when I was 16, I think. So 11 years, 12 years, something like that. And you just deal with so many people that you just go like, wow, what is wrong with you? Yeah. And then eventually every now and again, you'll read something on the news and you'll be like, oh yeah, I know that person. That makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's totally unbelievable how close to home things hit. Oh yeah, for sure. Now, is there a specific famous crime that you would like to see adapted into a documentary? I can't think of one off of the top of my head. I don't go through my my head on a day-to-day list like, hmm, what are my top favorite crimes? <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more. I want to know this on a deeper level. Okay. So what you're saying that was a stupid question? I, but I'm sure you have an answer to your question. Oh, there's a bunch. I would love to see one about, um, oh, now I forget, uh, Paul Bernardo. Right. Uh, yeah, that, that's another Canadian one. Okay, let's, let's stop right there. And let's tell the story about Uncle Fred. Uncle Fred. Oh, Uncle Fred. Shout out Uncle Fred. Yes, please. So this was when the whole Paul Bernardo thing was going on and he was at large. That's right. And so our dad was going to meet up, up with Uncle Fred at Union Station. In Toronto. In Toronto. They met up, and then quickly, Fred disappears. That's right. Dad looks around. Oh, where, where'd you go? Where, I can't find him. And then later, he finds him talking to a police officer. And then Dad goes like, 
after the he leaves the police officer, he goes, what are we talking to a police officer about? Oh, I thought I saw Paul Bernardo. Oh, it's just he so had funny. This ha- he had this haircut. And that's like, everyone at this time has that haircut. <laughs> oh, it's just so funny that he thought that Paul Bernardo would be walking around in the middle of Union Station. Union Station when the whole country is basically looking for him. Right. Uh, it's just so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The one that was just, I think it was a year or two ago, the BC murders um, with the two teenagers. Were they, were they, where they go and they, there's the manhunt across the province? Yes. And then or, they, ended- and then, and then across the country eventually? Yes. And they okay. both end up dead in a field somewhere, do they not? Yeah. They shot each other. Yeah. Yes. So, Another one that, again, close to home is the Russell Williams. That is, yeah. I that, remember, one's, I, that one's insane. We both remember it happening. I remember that like like it was yesterday. Like, because yeah. I, I knew people, I still know people who worked at, who worked at that air base. Mm-hmm. And then I remember when the news came down, we were in like, I think I was in maths, math class in high school. And we're just like, somebody said that that's what happened. I'm like, okay, like we're going to have to check that out. And like, that was before like anybody had cell phones or Twitter or Facebook or anything like that. Well, Facebook was a thing, but it's before, before anything like, like Twitter existed where you could just go on and check your news. Like, and it's up to the minute stuff. Right. It's like, So when we found out that that's actually what happened, it was it was absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. And I remember when Jessica Lloyd, when she went missing. Right. I remember going to Buffalo Bulls games, and the place was plastered with all these missing, missing uh, pictures. Right. Of Jessica Lloyd. So, yeah, that was crazy absolutely insane and he he's in quebec now these people all used to be in kingston at kingston pen paul bernardo used to be there it's closed kingston yeah so russell williams is in uh i always have to catch myself when i say his name sometimes i really want to say russell wilson two completely different people russell wilson Um, falling way back in the draft Um, no, he's in Quebec and then Paul Bernardo's in Bath. But just for a little bit of context, I don't think that we actually said that Russell Williams was the colonel of CFB Trenton. Yes. So like, it was a big deal when these women went missing. Largest air base in Canada. And I think they got him because they were stopping cars. If I'm, if I remember correctly and his tire pattern matched the tread the tread marks that they were looking for or something like that. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's so, so, somehow how they, how they were able to get them eventually. And it's just, yeah, it was the tire tracks. And so then they called him in for the interrogation and the questioning, which the interrogation you can all watch on YouTube. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Oh, gee whiz. Of course I know that. Crazy, but crazy, yeah, crazy. Those, those are probably on my list of, True crime, I would like to see adapted in a documentary. So, Leslie, 
I'm going to end this podcast by saying something that we always say is what's the future of this genre? It's it, like, I feel like, like any genre, it's going to keep going, but you eventually you're going to run it. Well, ho- hopefully you run out of the big major crimes. You're never going to run out of the big major crimes. No, never. That's not optimistic. No, I don't, I don't live in this optimistic world viewpoint that all of a sudden we're going to get rid of all crime and everyone's going to live happy ever after. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. What I mean is like the major crimes, like, like you're going to get bored if you see five, 10 documentaries of Ted Bundy. I understand that. Yeah. So that's what I mean. So like some of them are going to you're, we're going to run its course with Ted Bundy. We're going to run its course with, you know. There's always uh, something else coming. Yeah. Unfortunately, but it's true. The next biggest story is already happening and you just don't know about it yet. Do, this is a sociological question. Do you think there's a correlation between true crime documentaries and gun violence? 100%. There's so many copycats out there that mm-hmm. see so- that see something and go, oh yeah, I could do that. Mm-hmm. I am a big believer in copycats. I, I think I think, for instance, uh, as horrible as it is to talk about is school shootings in, in the United States. I think that if they weren't broadcasted and so readily available, there would be less of them because everybody sees that on TV and goes, hey, I could do that, and. I, like that sounds terrible, but it it, it gives people the, these ideas that it's something that is is out there and exists in this world. Not to say that it's acceptable, but some people could say that and say, "Hey, I could be that next guy. I could be that guy on TV." Yeah, that's like another documentary I watched. <laughs> it's called it's called The Ripper, who was basically someone was doing. Um, this did take place in England. Someone was doing co- almost copycat crimes of Jack the Ripper. So that goes back y- years and years ago. But someone was still doing similar crimes and said, I could do that. If someone else could do that, I could do that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really is crazy. And for my opinion on what my question was as to whether or not these shows are going to continue, absolutely they are. We live in the, we live in the streaming world where you can go and you can watch seven, eight, nine, ten episodes at a time and just sit down, sit your butt down on the couch and not move and just get absolutely wrapped up in it. It's clear that it sells. It's one of Netflix's things that they have gone to time and time again. There, You mentioned three or four documentaries tonight that I've never heard of and that I'm probably going to have to go and watch now. Thank you very much. Yeah, which ones? But which ones? Which ones are speaking spe- to you? Specifically the cat one. The cat one. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're gonna have to close your eyes, maybe, with the cat scenes. Oh, it's so terrible. We'll we'll definitely have to see about that. It's very interesting, for mm-hmm. sure. That it, it it's it's gonna last. It it definitely is gonna last. It's just it's just one of those things where it's people get caught up in it and like it or not. Women more often than men. That's right. <laughs> According to according to your official stats, according it's true. Google it, and also even SNL did a spoof on it about two or three weeks ago. They did one of those pre-recorded bits, and it was a musical one, 
And they were about how when men go out to hang out with the boys, women stay in and watch murder shows. I believe it. I did. <laughs> I did. I definitely didn't see that. It is. It's funny. It was probably the best part of the episode because that episode sucked. Um, <laughs> but, A lot of SNL episodes suck these days. Yeah. So I was very disappointed in this one, but I watched it. I'm like, this is funny because it's true. Right. I can't say that I've really sat down and watched a, a true crime show since Making a Murderer. Well, I and Evil Genius, I suppose, but like mm-hmm. got that involved in one since Making a Murderer. Obviously, you have, and that's why you chose this topic for this week. And it, it's interesting to talk about. I just, it's not something that I get that invested in. Oh, but this, the stories are insane. I understand that the stories are insane. And there's, like I said, there's always going to be an, another insane story around the corner. Mm-hmm. And that is pretty sad. Maybe, maybe that's just me. Well, it, it, it's a woman thing, but also I've always been more interested in law, crime, legal stuff. I don't know. I've always had, I've always been more interested in that. Definitely. You took law in high school. I did. Two years. Two or three, two years. Mr. Mr. Lambert. Lambo, yep. Yep. I did take law. And then I took it. You loved it. I loved it. It was my best class. Yeah. I thought I was going to be a lawyer. And then I got to university and said, I can't do four more years of school. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> no, and I, I did I, take law in university. I took a law course. I took law in first year university and absolutely hated it. To the point where just I uh, just one course to the point where I still have nightmares about not completing that course and having to go back to school to finish that, that <laughs> I'll stupid take, course. I will gladly take that course for you. Like, I would have a ball. I just all the reading is just so boring. You didn't like reading of like, oh, no. Cr- what where were you reading? Like just past. Do you do a lot of stuff that involved the Charter of Rights and Freedoms? I don't even remember. I that, love the Charter of Rights. I took a whole course based off the Charter of Rights and Freedom. That's how much I absorbed of of law of my law class in university. Speaking of which, if you ask me anything about university, like I got a great I got a great diploma here on the wall. I'm looking at it right now. It says Joshua Evan Gordon, Carleton <laughs> University Bachelor of Journalism with honors. Oh, with honors! Yes. Look at you. But you know what? I can remember like three things that happened in, in those four years. Uh, can I say that one of them was probably when the ceiling light fell down and you're somebody, <laughs> somebody told me about this the other day and I didn't even remember that the ceiling. Yeah. The ceiling, you had one of those, um, the tit lamps on the, on the ceiling. Right. <laughs> talking about and it fell down and was it the middle of the night? It was in the middle of the night, but I had no idea what uh, this story was about until I was told it like three days ago. Who told or, you that? Dad, of course. Dad? Yes. Oh, so what do you remember then? I remember- I, I don't, think... I remember it falling in the middle of the night now that he said it, but I don't remember anything before that. Well, that was first year. I've like blocked out 99% of what happened in university. I did not have a fun time. I can't remember a lot of- uh... Like in terms of content and learning, it's called like right above my head. You know what I remember most about university was eating food. 
eating <laughs> eating food. Go, 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 going to going to the pubs with the friends, or going to Zach's Diner in Ottawa Zach's and ha- and having the milkshakes. Like, or he- I, I went I went to half price uh, <laughs> ribs at Baton Rouge almost every single Monday. Did he go alone? This episode sponsored by Baton Rouge. I went alone occasionally. Sometimes I went with other people. I hope my my waitress Olga remembers me. <laughs> I believe that's what her name was. <laughs> it was a young girl though. Her it was a young girl and her name was Olga? Yes. Oh, poor girl. Yes. If I was named Olga, I would definitely be going by my middle name and hope it wasn't worse. <laughs> Right. Well, <laughs> you, you just you just don't know. You maybe, really maybe don't. Olga was the good name. Oh maybe. my god. Maybe. See, I love when we get off topic like this, though, because we go into such great stories. So, what are the other things you remember besides Olga? And food. And f- food. You, I remember. I remember because I did a tour there. I remember your cafeteria. Okay. Yeah much more impressive than queens much more i enjoyed it i enjoyed it with that one day more than i did enjoy the queens the entire time i was there yeah it got old real fast yeah so did queens yeah i think it always does but you had like a waffle bar that's impressive so just like pro tip to anyone listening right now and trying to decide whether or not to experience post-secondary education I'd say only do it if you like have some sort of career intention afterwards, like to become a lawyer or a doctor, for instance. So you're saying you wouldn't go to, you wouldn't recommend yourself going to post-secondary school. Right. It's a waste of time. Oh my gosh. We're really preaching education here. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. We're going to be on a no-fly list and parents are going to be telling their children not to listen to us. That's right. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> my degree has nothing to do with what i'm doing now i i took sociology is mine. i took sociology now i work in finance that's right there you go and you know what probably saved a lot of money than taking commerce <laughs> that program is like ten thousand dollars more expensive right i'm a big believer in you're supposed to end up where you're supposed to end up and that's you can make decisions throughout your life and those decisions shape where you're going to go. And if you really have the drive and you really want to strive towards something, you can eventually get there. And that's the big thing. But I also am a big believer that it pays to know. And if you don't know people or if you aren't born born into a certain status or a certain wealth, then you are, live at a disadvantage in this world. And so education may, or may, education may or may not be an advantage for you. So it's, it's really one of those things where it's a personal decision, but education is just, uh, I wouldn't do it again. We're going to have to add a disclaimer at the start of this video. <laughs> Warning, murder is talked about at the beginning of this episode. And also education being a bad idea is also talked about. Now, I don't want to, I don't want you to, put two and two together what you're implying here, Leslie, that non-educated people commit murders. I did not even go there. You said that. No, that's just what you said. That's not true. Look at Ted Bundy. Right? Or the Unabomber. Yes. Anyone could be a murderer. You never know. 
And that wraps up this week's episode of Pop Culture with Unpopular People. Thank you so much for listening. What's our next episode, Josh? Well, Leslie, I'm so glad you asked because it's my week to choose and I always come prepared. Hey, I was prepared last time. Oh, yeah, you came up with it on the spot. And it turned out great. I had a lot to say today. That is very true. You did have a lot to say. Well, Leslie, by the time that next week's episode is posted... Do you we'll think it's be... ironic? Wait, wait, wait. Do you think it's ironic that we are posting our murder show episode? Um, the day after April Fool's Day? No, on Good Friday? No. On the next episode of Pop Culture with Unpopular People, Leslie, we are going to be about a week, a week and a half in April. And that, of course, is the start of baseball season. I thought you were, no, never mind. I was completely wrong. I, for some reason, thought you were going to say NASCAR. <laughs> Even though NASCAR starts in February. Go on. So next week, we're going to be talking about baseball and our love of the Toronto Blue Jays. Maybe we'll go into a little bit of a preview for this year's uh, season and whether or not uh, what our predictions will be. You'll just have to find out on the next episode of Pop Culture with Unpopular People. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.